Selling a little or a lot? Shopify helps you do your thing however you cha-ching. Shopify is the global commerce platform that helps you sell at every stage of your business. From the launch your online shop stage to the first real-life store stage. All the way to the did we just hit a million orders stage. Shopify is there to help you grow. Shopify helps you turn browsers into buyers with the internet's best converting checkout. 36% better on average compared to other leading commerce platforms. Because businesses that grow, grow with Shopify. Get a $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash work. Shopify.com slash work. What's going on, everybody? This is Chops, the Load Management Podcast. Adam out in L.A. Adam, who do we got with us today? Special guest. We have a fellow UConn alum. Mr. Karam Butler is in the house. We are very happy to welcome him here in L.A. He's a man of many jobs. Spectrum Sports LA studio analyst. He is with NBC Sports Washington. He's a analyst for the Washington Wizards game. Also has his Tough Juice podcast. You can also catch him down in Atlanta doing stuff with Yahoo and TNT. And, and this guy has like a million jobs. But Karan, we are greatly appreciative of you come through and very, very happy again to get a fellow UConn alum on the pod. Joe LaPuma's favorite UConn player of all time. <laughs> Welcome, Karan. Oh, that's major, man. I like the introduction. I'm about to bring you on the road with me with that type hey, of Hey, hey, we can talk about it if need be. Yeah. <laughs> we're already but up thank to. Thank you for rolling through. We're already up to three UConn mentions, and this is like 30 seconds into the podcast. Oh, there will be a lot more UConn mentions. Oh, yeah, it's up. coming. Yes. You can leave the room when we start talking UConn basketball, but there will be a lot more mentions. And just remember this. Whenever you think you can't, UConn. <laughs> All right. Is uh, it? Amen. That's what we're doing now? Yeah, we already Amen, uh, amen. Yeah, we got young Zion out here, too. Of course, a Duke fan. Yeah. <laughs> In the yeah, he can fall back. Feel bad for. Yeah. Uh, y'all, y'all haven't been to the tournament since what last time? What was last time uh, I been to the tournament? But whenever we go, we usually come up. Yeah, oh, whenever yeah, we go in every year. Tally, pal. We go in every year. Uh, all right, all right, all right. And then flame out famously. Yeah, wow. yeah losing. Dope. I'd rather not go and just lose. Nah, exactly. Do yeah. What's the point? Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> go big or go home. <laughs> amazing, amazing. I love the smack talk already. Uh, let's get into it. Karan, as Adam mentioned, you work for the Lakers, Spectrum, covering the Lakers. Mm-hmm. Uh, the hottest team in L.A. over the last week, it kind of, they lost to the Clippers on Christmas Day, and then each team kind of did a 180 from, from that. The Lakers have been rolling, and the Clippers are, I don't want to say in disarray, but uh, the, the, their locker room talk hasn't been very confident. They seem kind of unsure of themselves. You know what? I think that Doc Rivers addressed it earlier this season, that they're going to have a sliding lineup all season long. So um, when you do that, continuity, um, rotations, uh, having a good flow, it's going to take some time to get to that. And you still have so much. Like We're, in, we're not even at the halfway point. We're not even, we haven't even got the all-star break. And I think that once March rolls around, that's when you want to be starting to get to the, the groove of playing your best basketball so you thrive off that momentum. And it takes you into the second half, which is the playoffs. And they're, they're thinking big picture. They're not thinking, you know, the regular season award. You don't get anything for that. You know, you try to get home court in the first round and uh, finish in the top four in the Western Conference and play your best basketball going into the playoffs. I mean, PG and, and Kawhi have only played 500 minutes together. 
That's crazy. And I think I think the Clippers. I think what Doc was saying like a week ago is like they've had one game where every player's been healthy. Mm-hmm. So it's like their lineups have been all over the place. And again, it's like when you have such a, a massive roster turnover. Well, not a massive, but a decent roster turnover. It's like how can you be on the same page and how can you have any continuity? And it's been a massive struggle for them to just have any sort of semblance of of unity and knowing how these guys can play well together. I think they've had like one practice together. Yeah, I, I, like I said, it's a sliding lineup. Like it's going to continue to slide until every everybody's healthy and you know Paul George wasn't really healthy until like what six weeks ago or something like that so he missed a lot of yeah Yeah. he he missed a lot of training camp he missed all the camaraderie time so they're they're trying to do that and do it on the fly And, and what we thought they would be on the defensive end of the floor we haven't been able to see that yet because they haven't jailed yet but they will get there but as a guy who you obviously, you know, you're tuned into the Lakers as a studio in is for them. Um, so you see, obviously, all their games just about. Um, but do you feel that the Clippers are the better L.A. team and better position to win the title than the Lakers? No. I, Why not? I, I said wow. because of the best duo. I feel like the best duo in basketball is wearing the purple and gold. And I felt like when Anthony Davis, LeBron James, you kind of see that with Russell Westbrook and James Harden. You got two individuals that's dynamic, top six in the association. Uh, when you're talking about basketball players and Anthony Davis and uh, LeBron James, uh, they wanted to play with one another. You know what I mean? And you look at the necessary components around them, they they fit exactly what they're trying to do. I still feel like the Lakers are a playmaker away from uh, getting over the hurdle. I've been I'm saying think, that. Been I'm, saying. Yeah, I'm thinking big picture. Like, I'm, I'm not thinking – uh, regular season award because they're going to dominate. They're the story in the headline. All the stories of uh, LeBron James and what he's doing, his greatness. Anthony Davis being in the biggest market now, and people are starting to see how good he really is and why that trade was necessary in many ways. But I feel like now, from a defensive standpoint, they got back to the lunch pail mentality. They got away from it. That's why they went on the losing streak. But they're hanging their hat on the defensive end of the floor. You have to be somewhere in the top 12 defensively in order to realistically win the championship. And offensively, they're going to get it done. LeBron leads the league in assists. Point of emphasis this year is for him to facilitate, but they still need another playmaker that can still consistently knock down perimeter shots to give them that real estate on the court so they can operate in the playoffs. What do we think about the two L.A. matchups so far then? Are are we just not – does that show like a bigger – thing like the Clippers match up well against the Lakers where you think like they could be a problem for them in the playoffs or you think the Lakers just kind of uh, didn't have it those two games but they're still the better team because in my mind man the Clippers are deep they're so much deeper than the Lakers I think obviously AD and LeBron are another level but like we saw on Christmas Kawhi came out and did Kawhi things you know Trez really uh, caused some issues for the for the Lakers I think when you look at the the art of war and the scheme of things if 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 I'm looking at big picture, I'm not going to show you my hand until it's time to show you my hand, right? So, like, during the course of a season, why teams don't blitz James Harden and, and keep the ball out of his hand? Because that's too much like right if you're going to have to do that in the playoffs. I'm not going to show you my scheme or my method how to beat you uh, in the course of the regular season because now you're going to prepare and adjust. Lakers you know playing, what I mean? Lakers playing coy a little bit, you think? Yeah, they're they playing chess. I, I think that they did a remarkable job of just, look, just trying to out-talent, you know, uh, throw a little adjustment, minor adjustment here and there. But I think when it comes down to it, it's no, it's no secret that Kawhi Leonard 
is the, the ultimate X factor. Yeah, and LeBron and LeBron is going to have to uh, step up. Uh, Kyle Kuzma is going to have to step up uh, by committee. They're going to have to try to slow him down. He's averaging thirty four plus points. He's shooting fifty plus percent from the field goal, shooting fifty plus percent from the three point line, and he's dominating. You know, at his position. So I think that you have to find a, a way to slow him down because he's proven that he can beat you. And I think that Anthony Davis will level up. I think that other guys will level up. I think LeBron is preserving himself for the playoffs. So when that time comes, we all know that he goes to a different level and he elevates. And I think that when you look at his legacy, to secure what he's trying to secure, he has to win a championship in Los Angeles in my eyes. Really? And I think, yeah, I, I think that it'll be major to his legacy. Like this is a guy that will possibly win three championships with three different organizations. That's a, so you're yeah. talking about the Miami Heat, Cleveland. That a lot of people feel like that was one of the best stories in sports history. Uh, you're, and if he, you're, you're and talking if he, to one of them right here, I'm from yeah, Cleveland. And, I'm from Cleveland. It, that's major. And if he's able to come to Los Angeles and get one, I mean, man, let the goat talk begin all over again. Like it's going right back to that. But you don't think that if he doesn't, if he fails to win one here, it doesn't hurt his legacy at all. But you think it's important for him to do one? I think it's very important for him to, you know, capitalize on this opportunity. It'd be disappointing if they didn't win it this year, right? Like they're far and away the best no, team right now. No, I think it'd be disappointing if he didn't win at all during his tenure here with the Lakers. Gotcha. Not, if if it's not this year, definitely next year. Like I think that at some point though, he has to win. A championship. When you look at the the story and the narrative, you look at Space Jam. You look at what he's done with the schools and all the stuff. The, the momentum is just in his favor, and I think that he has the a realistic shot at being the oldest MVP winner in NBA history if he continues to trend at this at this rate right now. And I think that he's playing amazing basketball. I think everybody's bought into what he's trying to do. I've never seen LeBron disengage on both ends of the floor since his Miami days. You know what I mean? Like, he totally reinvented himself, and he's doing it in an oppressive way, in an oppressive fashion in year 17. So are you saying that if LeBron wins a title this year in L.A., we can call him the GOAT? We can already call him the GOAT because he is the GOAT. I kind of call him the GOAT already, but is that secured after a title but let's let's put the disclaimer out here you have a cleveland cavaliers fan saying that from chops and you (laughs) have young zion who is who is basically a teenager right now who didn't see michael (laughs) jordan play one second of basketball i said the goat talk will begin again (laughs) like i think the goat talk went out the window when you you know look look my top three uh basketball players and you know not in any specific order but if you want to take it there, I'll take it there. So I got Kareem number one. I got mm. Michael Jordan number two. Mm. I got Kobe Bryant number three, and then under Kobe, I got LeBron James. Hey, we can't do Kobe over. We can't do Kobe over. What, LeBron. You, you have we, you have Kobe over LeBron right now. You just heard me, right? <laughs> <laughs> is it rings? Like what? Like like break that one down for us. Just because I said Kobe Bryant is when I think of the, the the body of work and the best basketball players that I've ever seen in my lifetime. That is a matchup nightmare, night in and night out. Uh, I got to start with Kareem and what I've seen with his body of work, how he dominated, and then I go to Michael Jordan. I mean, I think that's self-explanatory. And then when I think of the closest thing I ever seen to the airness, uh, I, I, I would say it was Kobe Bryant. And then right after that, it's LeBron James. I think LeBron James is possibly the best all-around basketball player I've seen in my life. And it's been some some guys out there, hell of a guys. But 
LeBron James is the best all-around basketball player. But I think Kobe Bryant is, you know, the closest thing I've seen to Michael Jordan. You you played with Kobe, mm-hmm. and you trained with Kobe. And I know you've told me these stories about training with him and playing with him, and they've been out there before. But for if, if Zion hasn't heard it, Chops and our audience hasn't heard it, just, you know, briefly explain the experience it was training and playing with Kobe because it was unlike anything I've ever heard before. Yeah, I, I tell you this. Like, my first uh, – when I got drafted by the Miami Heat, the best thing I ever did was get drafted by the Miami Heat because I got embraced by the godfather of the game, Pat Riley. And when you go to that type of culture, as you see with Jimmy Butler, who's the second best player in the in the, in the Eastern Conference right now, um, you're just dropping hot takes on us. Like we, we're gonna have I'm to, we're to gonna you, have right? to go back through some of these because you were just dropping <laughs> yeah, takes. We'll, we'll get back to yeah, Jimmy. we'll get back to the Jimmy take. But it's yeah, continue. Take, though, he really is. He's yeah. the second best player in the Eastern who, Conference. Who, he, look, so Giannis and then Jimmy. That's what yes, you got. Absolutely, absolutely in that order. And when you look at his leadership and you look at the culture and you look what he's doing it with um, rookie players, guys bought into what he's uh, you know demonstrating on a day to day basis. It's just so impressive. However, but my point I was making, when I went to the Miami Heat, it was amazing to be part of that culture and all the things that Pat Riley, Keith Atkins, Eric Spostra, uh, Stan Van Gundy, they was telling me. I was watching film, and they was telling me these things and teaching me these tools in order for me to have longevity in, in the basketball space and also prepare me for life. I got traded for Shaquille O'Neal, me, Lamar Odom, and Brian Grant in the throw-in. So I get out here to Los Angeles, and all the things that they was preparing me for and telling me, I get to Los Angeles, and um, it's a it's a it's a trade, it's a press conference. Kobe Bryant signs a hundred and thirty plus million dollars right there on spot during our uh, press conference. <laughs> After the sign in, he said, "All right, you know, usually people go go to Hawaii, they go to." Uh, Mexico, wherever the fuck they do after they get this astronomical figures. Kobe said, shit, we we about to black out. So I said, what the, what the fuck is black? What, what the hell is black? Hey, man, we about to work. Yeah, like, like what you mean? Not, not, yeah, we got to really, like, turn up now. And I'm like, oh, shit. Like, okay, when we start? Tomorrow morning. Like, we at it. And that's what I've been taught in Miami. That's what the culture brings, and that's what they breed. And I was starting to see it in real time with an individual that I admired and that I respected. And I'll never forget, like, going through the workouts and uh, going over reps. You go in, you get your shots, you get your spot shots, and you get over 500 shots up. And you're like, oh, shit, that was a good day. He's like, all right, now we're about to work on our counters. I'm like, shit, like, I thought that was the workout. You know what I mean? Like, now we're taking it to another level where we're working on our counters, and then all of a sudden we're going game speed against activity, and then it's like, all right, we did two and a half hours of that, and we finished, we're going to get a weight lift in, we're done for the day. It's like, nah, shit, we're going to get back at it at, like, 6.30. So we're going again. Like, so you're doing two-a-days immediately after signing that huge contract, and you're just setting the, st- the tone and the, and the standard of excellence, and – once I saw his preparation, it's no coincidence of why you've seen the ending that you that you've seen. Like people see the the, the Instagram posts or the the finished uh, touches of what he's done, but you don't see the body of work and all the shit that he's done behind the screen and the wallpaper and all that hard work. So it's just amazing to see uh, all that stuff coming to fruition. That's why I got him the closest thing I've seen to Michael Jordan. How close did you come to actually blacking out though? <laughs> shit, I blacked out all the time. After I, after I got back to the hotel, I was blacked out. I was done. <laughs> shit, who I couldn't hear anything. Who was harder for you to guard, Kobe or LeBron? Kobe, really? 
Yeah, I, listen, like I think that LeBron is so impressive because he's bigger, he's stronger, and but you know what's coming, you just can't stop it because it's so forceful. Now, this is the the difference. Kobe will put you on the island, right? Mm-hmm. So you know what's coming. Like you see the 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 uh the triangle out, you know what's coming, and he's gonna put you on the island and the whole world's gonna watch you get dissected in the phone booth. For those who don't know what the fuck a phone booth is, it's the thing that Superman used to change in. <laughs> you Young Zion, I mean? are you listening? Yeah, to Zion. Do you know what a phone booth is? I was literally just watching the Dwight Howard clip from the All right, contest. yeah, Dwight Howard. Dwight doing the booth. dunk contest. <laughs> yeah, so Google a phone booth, and that's what Kobe put you on. He put you on this little island, and he dissect you in the box time and time and time and time and time, and over and over again through the course of a game. Whether it's different moves, it's, it's the double pivot, it's the reverse pivot, it's the the rip through, it's the the counter, it's the the three shot fakes, it's the all this shooting in your face because your hand is down because you're tired. Like it's he's gonna get you in so many ways where it's deflating. The coach's strategy it got to the point where it was so crazy, and I think they probably say this about James Harden also. When we did the scout report, KYP know your personnel. They would just come in and just be like, you know what, Kobe's gonna get his thirty to forty to fifty to sixty. <laughs> Maybe even seventy or eighty, but just try to stop everybody else. <laughs> like you know how deflating that is when you come in the locker room and people tell you that. Damn, he's going to get his. Just try to stop everyone else. Like you're going to be embarrassed tonight guarding him. Yeah, but like, yeah, everyone coming. else will be okay. I yeah, imagine. I imagine as a competitor, yeah, you don't want to hear, "Hey, this dude's going to put forty on you," but don't worry about that. <laughs> uh, just worry about everybody else. That can't. That can't feel good. That's deflating, man. It's like, where the hell is my help coming from? Oh, you don't right. own on this one. Like, this, <laughs> we're gonna tr- we're gonna try to shrink the court. We, like, he just gonna make. He's gonna. He's a tough shot taker, and a tough shot maker. But LeBron's biggest strength is what you're seeing right now. That's why he leads the association. He makes people better. He elevates everyone. Like he's he he passes the basketball. You know what I mean? And he's still a hybrid. Like he's able to get the basketball. He has an unbelievable motor. Uh, no significant injuries, knock on wood, ever in his career. So he's able. I to, just knocked on wood. Yeah, me too. Like he's able to go downhill and you know be forceful. He's big. He's strong, um, and he's able to do all the necessary things just to you know impose his will on the game. Is LeBron? You you mentioned LeBron. Is he MVP? I Adam says AD is MVP this season. No, 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 no. Let me preface oh. that. I would say that you, that's what I you said. A, Don't no, backtrack. No, I've Are you said backtracking? That AD deserves more MVP love because if you look yeah, at the then, numbers, then LeBron James. I never said that AD should be the MVP. I've said to you on numerous occasions that AD deserves more MVP love because playing on the best team record-wise in the NBA, at least for a while, he was leading the team in every single stat except for assists. Because LeBron LeBron allows him to do so. I get that, but also, who was the Lakers' closer right now? Yeah. It's AD. Because LeBron so, is let, is building up his confidence no, for the closer, playoff. But no, LeBron's but not those, a closer? He's not a closer. All those all those considerations why AD... Is this Skip Bayless? LeBron's not a closer? I mean, Kyrie <laughs> He's not. Kyrie is LeBron a closer. He's capable. I think he's not knocking down his foul shots in those moments, and I think that's something that he's working on. But He has a new free throw routine every single year. He deserves consideration. Yeah, I'm not he, saying he he's deserves. the MVP right now, but he he deserves more love and consideration than people have been giving him. And I get that LeBron makes his teammates better, and obviously he is the engine that makes them go. And when he's on the floor, it's a very different team, and they stall out sometimes and look kind of putrid offensively. So I get that LeBron has been awesome. He's age 35. He could be the oldest MVP in NBA history. Yeah. He's deserving. 
but would he be your MVP choice right now? Yeah, right. Yeah, right now, yeah. I, I think when you look at the MVP ladder, you, you got Giannis at number one. Defensively and offensively, what the Bucks are, they're just amazing. They beat the Lakers. They they beat the Clippers convincingly, um, and they're continuously getting better on the defensive end of the floor, which is key. I think that they don't have a a, a certified number two, and I think that's going to hinder them in the playoff stretch. And that's why I don't think that they have a realistic shot at winning the championship. You know who they remind uh, me of? My bad, Karan. You know who they remind me of? Like the '09 Cavs. You know what? That's very possibly so because you have Chris Middleton that can knock down outside shots. Their number three guy is Eric Bledsoe, but he's hit or miss sometimes. You know, he's injured right especially now. in the yeah, playoffs, he's, he's hit or miss. Playing out, but oh yeah, okay, yeah, you're right. Yeah, he's back out there, but he's hit or miss. So it's just. Yeah. Is one of those things. Uh, number two is LeBron James, though. I think LeBron James on the MVP ladder is number two right now, and I there think we he go. will. I think he will win the MVP this year for all the reasons mm, that talk we're talking about, about it. Yeah, like mm. y- you think about rebounding, uh, being consistent, load management, all the things that you know has been the topic in the headline this season. He's just continued to elevate. He only had one bad moment when you know the whole China conversation had came up, but he's recovered and bounced back from that. And then when you look at uh, the number three individual, he never gets any love because people are not a fan of how he goes about his demonstration. But he's busting everybody's ass, and that's James Harden. Yeah, I think James Harden is just doing it. He's clicking on all cylinders offensively. He's a walking problem night in and night out. And then you got Luka, and then you got AD. That you may- didn't mention Jimmy. You were high on Jimmy as the number two. Yeah, I'm, I'm, huge, I'm huge on Jimmy, but on the MVP ladder, I think that he's – on the outside of those four individuals right there. Yeah, but really? you have to say the Heat are overachieving right now. Yeah, they are. They really are. And they, they're playing remarkably well. But I think that when you look at Giannis, when you look at LeBron James, uh, when you look at Luka, when you look at James Harden, and then I think you go to you know guys like Jimmy Butler, who's playing amazingly well, and you, you start talking about the Celtics and what Jason Tatum, him evolving as a basketball player and what he's doing. Like, but he's on that next tier. You got to even give uh, a lot of love to Chris Paul and what he's been able to accomplish in uh, OKC right now. Nobody, I mean, nobody had them being where they're at right now, and he's balling. Actually, wait, I'm going to raise my hand. I did. OKC making the playoffs. Did. Adam did. I said no, over, holy season shit. over. I said season no, over, did. 32 and a half. I didn't say did. playoffs per se, oh. but I said their season total for Vegas – their over under was thirty two and a half wins. I said pound that over because that roster, unless it gets blown up at the trade deadline, Damn. has enough veterans to win like thirty five to like thirty eight games and kind of be low key in the playoff mix if things break right. Can, wow! In the West, can I? So I'm gonna pat myself on the back shit. for saying the I'm Thunder take, are a lot better. I'm gonna than take you to me. <laughs> <today. laughs> shit! You know what I love about Chris Paul, and I, I mean this is a, this is a kind of an apples and oranges thing, but Chris Paul went to OKC, he got traded there, he didn't pout. He's leading that team. He's being a leader. But then you look at a team like the Cleveland Cavaliers. You got Kevin Love pouting on the court. No, that's, no, that's signed different. an extension, and he's out here pouting that's, on the court. It's not different. Yeah. Be a leader. That's all I'm saying. That's C- my little C- my little C- hot C- take C- right there. CP3 is leading that team. What, he was going to complain. He really is. He was going to complain. He was going to say, oh, he I don't, I don't want to play. Okay. He, he had no choice. Yeah. He could have. No, he, 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 you always got a choice. Like He could have took the route. Like He could have. Kevin Love is taking and but who's you know, taking that, this I don't think that's though. the right route. Who's taking this? I don't. Contract? I agree with you. I don't think Kevin Love's going about this the right way. 
Ten. And he got a championship about the situation too, and he's owed what three years, ninety one million. So a it's huge just contract. Like, it's one of those things where look, you knew what you signed up for. He signed second, an extension. No one forced him to sign the yeah, extension. The second LeBron James left, you knew what it was. Yeah, but that stays <laughs> NBA though. It's like when you have an opportunity to sign, you know, big money, you take the money right now. And then you worry about getting out of a shitty situation later on. Oh. And guys who have enough clout and power and obviously are good enough in all-star level caliber like Kevin Love is, I'll take the $90 million extension, whatever it was right now, and then if a year or two it's really shit, Force I'll create up. a fuss and get the fuck out of there. Mm-hmm. Yeah. That's well, how today's NBA works. Well, you knew it was going to come, but what you what do you do? You you restructure or you stretch them out and then you try to move them? Or, uh, I mean, it's, it's getting to the point where it's toxic for the development of the – the young guys. You got to try and trade him. I mean, yeah. I mean, I, his contract they, is... They, they've been trying to trade him. That's that's the problem. Like, yeah. your value isn't up to up to par to what your output is, so that's the problem. Do you think... They've been trying to move him. You played in the league a long time. You heard about these rumors. Do you think that he hurts his value by doing that, or do teams care? Do teams not, like, really care about that? It's more about the money. I always tell guys like this, and this real spill, this shit ain't stepped on, it's 100 proof. Whenever you step out there on the basketball court, you're auditioning. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. I don't care who you are or, 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 or what state you are in your career. You're auditioning every time. So it's, you're doing yourself a disservice when you do, uh, you know, ill-advised shit. You, you really are. You know, your value goes down when you do that because now you're saying that even in the face of adversity and things not going right, you're in Cleveland, you understand what you signed up for, you're not going to be a professional in this moment, in these times. You still have to lead young guys. Say if you go to where you think the grass is greener at, and that situation don't work out. Like Now as a GM or analytical guy, I'm like, he may do us a disservice if he comes over here and supposed to be performing at an amazing clip and we're supposed to be winning and all of a sudden the shit goes south for him. We get an injury. He might want to get out of here and start doing nut shit. He mm-hmm. might start doing this stuff on our watch. Now it's our problem. So uh, – I just think that you have to look at all those things, and I think Kevin, you know, he he knows better. I think he probably wish he didn't do that, and he probably wished that he can turn back that uh, that clock and that time. But it did happen, and look, he made a joke about it. He posted the Joker and all that, and yeah. I mean, it was ha ha he he. But at the same time, it's like certain players wouldn't be able to get away with that shit, right? You know, and I think that you know he should be held accountable in that in that way and going forward man just don't, don't ruin it for everybody else man like just be a professional about it you you're a guy that potentially may be a hall of famer and you just don't want people to remember you in this in this way I couldn't couldn't have said it any better myself did you ever Get did you ever deal with there. anyone during your career that you know kind of caused any you know I guess ruckus for lack of a better term the way Kevin Love has that kind of really turned Not- over the the locker room or just created like distraction you know the dreaded nfl term distraction i just want to hear gilbert stories can we get some gilbert stories not listen not to not to get not to get traded you know what i mean like not to get traded like i i think gilbert was just like he was a laughable dude like he you know he's a prankster yeah like he did a lot of like this nut shit sometimes just to (laughs) get a rise or laugh or you know, some type of rebuttal out of, of me or Antoine, or one of you know, he just wanted to hear Gilbert us talk about Gilbert is a great A troll. He is an, a, he's yeah, an he incredible is. troll. Yes, it's Funny all it's shit. all in love. It's all love. But he's a great A troll. Yeah, he still does it. Yeah, to this day, oh, yeah. and to the day he dies. Yeah, it's just like it's part of who he is. So like, if you knew that, and the association kind of like, oh shit, that, this is who he is. Like he's not doing this shit intentionally. Like this is who he is. 
But I've never seen like a guy that really like stuck his ass out there and just wanted to get traded or went about it like that. Some guys just had the conversation and then they'll just be mute. You know what I mean? Like they wouldn't talk much, but you know, they still do their job, but they just wouldn't be like pleasant to be around, but you knew they still did their job. It's funny that you and Gilbert now have these podcasts, mm-hmm. and you, t- you guys did a dueling podcast. Yeah, it was fun. Each other. It was fun. It was a, lot, it was a great listen. But, but again, to think about how far you guys have come from your wizard days to now having this media platform, it's, it's, I would assume it's kind of fucking nuts. Th- here's the thing with me and Gilbert. like We always had uh, love and respect for one another. And the only time that uh, our, our relationship was at a compromise is you know, when, I, when I told my truth. You know what I mean? And that was the only time we had any compromise. And what I told him and when when we did talk, I just told him that, you know, I wasn't at a position. That this, the story wasn't about you. My book is about me, but I shouldn't have never told your truth. You know what I mean? And had you uncomfortable. Like if I knew that my truth would hurt you. I wouldn't. Have, I wouldn't have went that route. You didn't I give a heads up beforehand. No, no, no. Because it's my story. Yeah, yeah, like yeah. I'm just telling you my. Like we're just your kicking perspective. Shit. My perspective on what it is. So like, when I told my truth, he felt like, oh damn. But when we sat down to talk, he was just like, I was wrong. Man, I was at a bad point in my life. Had all this shit going on. I felt like I was being attacked by a lot of people. And I was like, you know what? I respect that. Say less. Like we, I'm done with it. I was like, I'm not gonna talk about you no more in that facet. Somebody talk about locker room, and I, I'm gonna say talk to Gilbert. That's <laughs> your story to tell. I, I've told it. I told it from my perspective already. Now going forward, that's that's your story to tell. That's all you. You got it. And he respect that. And then we just moved on from it. He tells the story hilariously as well at ComplexCon. He, him, and yeah, Rick, you got to make fun out of it. Yeah, him and Richard Jefferson had some good laughs together on, uh, about it at uh, at ComplexCon. Yeah, I think that's definitely the Gilbert way to go. It's definitely a turn it into a humorous situation. It obviously wasn't at the time, but you know, uh, yeah, it's, ter- it's terrible. But you get, I mean, whenever you can laugh at, you know, a mistake that you made because obviously it was a mistake. You move forward from it. You're better from it. And I don't, I don't think that the world should continue to like stop his progression in life you know because of he made a mistake because everybody else always get a second chance sometimes third and fourth chances and he's a good dude like genuinely like Gilbert's a good person he's a he's a laughable he's a, he's just a character man he loves life he's a he's he's a good friend and uh I think a lot of people should just embrace him for what he is yeah I say it to people I mean having worked with him for you know over a year on the old show um Gilbert's a really awesome guy he Incredible is. guy. He's an awesome father too. Like he's so devoted to his kids, yes, and obviously he has a notoriety. And if you don't, if you have no idea, you know some of his backstory a little bit here and there, you know him from the one incident that shouldn't define him. Yeah. Gilbert was a great NBA player. Had a phenomenal like short window where he was on a Hall of Fame caliber trajectory. But it sucks that he ultimately gets defined by the one incident. And the more you get to know him, yeah, he's a great friend, really awesome dude, incredible father, um, but an incredible fucking troll also who will bust your balls to levels that you can't even believe. He, he, uh, um, the videos of him like like picking on Swaggy P's kids that he puts yeah. out these days are hilarious. Yeah. Terrifying. <laughs> but it's, yeah, right? Yeah, it is kind of terrifying. Yeah. Karan, going back to the Lakers real quick, you mentioned Kuzma earlier. There's been some trade talk around Kuzma. What do, what do you think? I, you know what? I, I don't think Kuzma has had a long enough stretch to, like, help while he's healthy 
to show what he can possibly be as an X factor. Could he be the third guy for the Lakers? Absolutely. We we seen we seen a, a great diet of him last season and what he's been able to do. And you know he was he was nothing short of amazing. But now, like, how do you coexist with uh, AD and LeBron James as well? Can you be a one one thousand two one thousand player? Can you catch and shoot? Can you put the ball on the floor rather quickly? Do you understand that every time you probably get the ball because you're not going to be featured? You got to score in different ways, from scoring to putting the ball on the floor in transition. Uh, you know, all different facets of the game. You have to score. You're living at the foul line, probably four to four to eight times a, a game. You have to like pretty much manipulate the the offensive system to get your numbers. So, how efficient can you be in that time? And that's been yet to be seen. And also defensively, uh, I think. The Lakers are a team that's uh, hanging their hat on the defensive end of the floor, and you have to be able to stop people, especially at your position. When you look at uh, what you got to go through to ultimately win a championship, you're going to have to go through the Clippers. You're going to have to uh, play multiple positions. If whoever comes out the East, if whether it's Giannis or whatever, you're going to have to be the the body that slows down Giannis and those guys. So your position is very valuable, and you have to be able to. You know, step up. So, if you're Rob Plinker right now, the rumors kind of are bubbling up that Kuzma, at least they're entertaining offers, are entertaining calls for Kuzma right now. But if you're Plinka and you can get some veteran help who is a shot maker, who is a distributor, who can handle the ball a little bit, which the Lakers definitely need a creator. Yeah. Yeah, something. If you can get a good return for Kyle Kuzma, would you give him up? It depends who it is. I mean, obviously, yes. This is a massive hypothetical right now. I don't have a great name for you, but if you got it, say, say somehow like say I got Drew a name. Holiday I, I got a name, Drew Holiday. Yeah, Drew yeah. Holiday. I don't think I don't think I don't think the Pelicans gonna make another deal with the Lakers anytime soon. But say why not? It, why wouldn't they? That, the seems Pelican- like, that seems like overkill right now. But if you had a Drew Holiday esque caliber player available for Kyle Kuzma, I have would to you serious, pull the trigger? I have to seriously take a look at that yeah and i and i'll have to seriously because let, let me tell you like the future uh it, it hangs on anthony davis who's 26 years old it still hangs on lebron james who shows no signs of declining in year 17 and then you know i, I know players always say i look i don't i don't know what happened you know front office they do what they do and i would have to really sit down and have a conversation with lebron james and anthony davis and say look we're we're going for it. Do do you think that we have exactly what we need, or do we need to make a tweak to solidify ourselves as the ultimate contender and win this championship this year, or definitely next year, if not both? And with me, I speak independently when I say this. I would have to consider that with Drew Holiday, but I also have to consider Kyle Kuzma has not. I repeat, he has not been healthy this entire season. We have not seen the best of Kyle Kuzma yet. He's been very inconsistent. So the injury definitely, coming into the season with the injury, he had another little issue, I think, with the ankle, some other stuff that kind of cropped up. But the consistency has been really, really annoying, where it's like there are games where he can go off for 20, and sometimes he looks like the Lakers' closer. And other times where he puts up bagels. It's just like it's just it's like massive peaks and valleys with him. You also can look at feature guys like that. So, like, you look at Joker, right? He's a feature guy. The ball's going in his hand. His player usage is crazy because it's going in his hand. He's the decision maker for the Denver Nuggets. Yeah. He got off to a slow start, and he played the entire summer league. He played in the global games and everything. All right? So he he, he played training camp, and he played in preseason. And 
He played in the beginning of the season, and he lost his flow a little bit, and now he's... Well, he came in fat, but... Yeah. He was a little chunky. He was a little chunky. He was a little chunky. Every observation has been that he came in out of shape, and he's obviously a guy that's not exactly a physical specimen. And they had no changeover. And then all of a sudden, now he's... He's back like into the Joker. it. Yeah, he's back into it. He's back into it. So now, take Kyle Kuzma. He got the injury in the Olympics. He, he, he lost his flow. Anthony Davis comes. The offense is different. You're playing with different guys. LeBron's different now. He's back reengaged. Like, you're trying to figure it out. Bam. You go back down. You get another injury. Now you're trying to play a little hurt at the same time. So it's like we haven't seen the real Kyle Kuzma yet. So I take all those things in consideration when I look at them. I'm like, I still haven't seen them. And will I be willing to bet on Kyle Kuzma? Absolutely. Yeah, you still really believe in him. Yeah, I I, I think he's so talented that he'll figure it out. However, when you get a conversation and you get a call, you, as long as it's not including Anthony Davis and LeBron James, you got to always listen. That makes sense. You got to always listen. Nobody's untradeable. Like, well, LeBron's untradeable. But Le- LeBron, mm-hmm. Anthony, LeBron and Anthony are untradeable. Yeah. You know, but everybody else, you got to listen. There's roughly ten to fifteen guys that are basically untradeable. You know, a guy. Yes. You know, everyone who, else, you listen. You, and you know, listen. a guy I brought up who was in Staples last night went off twenty eight uh, points. Say D Rose, bro. D Rose on the Lakers, make I it happen. Like him. And you wouldn't even need to give up Kuzma to get D Rose. I don't think. I don't I like him. I. But he's he's not. I like DC. He, I like Derrick Collison. I mean, he would Collison makes sense. Collison makes sense. He makes so much Derrick sense. Derrick Rose makes sense. I think Derrick Rose on that Lakers team would be so much fun because yeah, he's who he's and balling right now. Nowhere, so it's like no, why not? no. They just said Blake might decent. Blake might miss the rest of the season. Uh, well, yeah, if, if you see Andre Drummond traded, that's going to be the the, the end all tell all right there. I th- I think that happens, and you know what it is. I think that happens. Well, they should because the Pistons have Why wouldn't the future you? for the next five seasons. Yeah, yeah. they they, they need are to a reboot franchise right now. Yeah, they're two years away from being two years away. So, like <laughs> when you have that situation, yeah. all right, then you gotta you gotta blow it up. If Andre Drummond goes away, Blake Griffin's he he has the L and knee and you know injuries and things like that. He needs to get back whole and and healthy. You, I mean, D Rose would be a Rondo. D Rose would be perfect. He'd be a Rondo Andre. upgrade, right? And Andre Drummond's from. <laughs> <laughs> you know where is he from? He's from UConn. All right, that's the oh, problem. Oh yeah, Boy, that's oh what? yeah, he went to UConn. <laughs> went yeah, to UConn. Yeah. Connecticut guy too. Yeah, he's that from is Connecticut. The problem. Oh, I was about to say, I was about to say, because mom's Jamaican. I was like, where are you from, Jamaican? <laughs> <Right? laughs> nope, another UConn shadow on the pod. Oh yeah, nah, it's ready. That's the all problem. day. That's the problem in itself. Drafting players from UConn. Oh, oh this oh, guy. Quiet down. This yeah, guy. Exactly. Just saying. Karan, do you? Before we move on to your Jimmy Butler number two player in the East, take it would D Rose would be an upgrade over Rondo, right? Like Rondo seems like the. The, 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 like the issue right now for the Lakers. Man, Rondo is nice. Like, Rondo still, is still nice and efficient. Still, yeah, Rondo can play the game, man. But I think that D. Rose at this point right now today, like D. Rose is is, is a better player than uh, Rondo. He really is. I agree. Like, I mean, offensively, yeah. It's like, yeah. I mean, you're still seeing teams challenging Rondo to shoot from the perimeter. He's yeah. jacking him up. He hits him a little bit better than maybe a few years ago, but you'd still rather have Rondo taking a shot from the wing than trying to defend D. Rose going to the hole. Yeah, I, I think Rondo's decision-making is just crazy. He has a high basketball IQ. I had the privilege of playing with him, and he has so many similarities to Jason Kidd where – you know, he just see everything on the court. He knows all the plays, the sets, everything. So it's just amazing to watch his IQ and how he distributes the basketball. But when you got a chance to go for it, and I think that what's missing with the Lakers right now is another playmaker 
that can knock down shots on a consistent basis, somebody that LeBron would trust to be like, go ahead, like do your thing. Like you, you need to be able to put the ball in someone else's hand and try to preserve him somewhat so he don't burn himself out. That makes a lot of sense. Karan, the decade just ended. I, I this is this is me going off script right here. What was the best NBA championship team bro, from the last decade? Bro, I already know what he's gonna say because why don't you say Cavs twenty sixteen? Never. Matter. Because I know what he's gonna say. Yeah, exactly. Yes. <laughs> this man won a championship in a decade. Two thousand eleven Mavs, yeah. baby. I'll argue it with you. Let's argue right now. Man, nobody remembers either team. Nah, I'm no one remembers. Nah, nah, we, Those we, are we, the we, top two. We, we remember you were in short pants, pal. What do you? Have? Of course, remember you don't remember. Two, I remember. Those that, are the that, top that, two. That, those that were the matters. top two uh, NBA championship teams of that decade, for, for sure. Are you sure? Wait, I'll say. Wait, 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 I'll, wait, I'll say our eleven team, and the other, the other one, the most fun to watch was uh, the second, the second championship. So it was the. Uh, Kevin Durant's uh, first I, year. I, I did not have any fun watching. Were they that one team. up four yeah. when they won four one? That twenty seventeen. That yeah, that shit was impressive. <laughs> that shit was impressive. Actually, man. it was very fun. I won a. Is that the year I won the wager from you? Yeah, it is, buddy. Yeah, yeah. He got me a nice pair of ones. Your favorite. Your favorite yeah, one. Always. Yes. Stay ready. Exactly. Yes. What? What do you? That, let me ask this one question. Go, go ahead. Go what ahead. do you do with your What do you do with your championship ring? Do you break it out regularly? Yeah, every once in a while. Like I go to cigar lounge. I might. All right. Bust it out. Yeah, yeah, yeah. All right. Smoke. Are you guys? Stories. You guys still? You still in communication with anybody from that team? You guys still? You know, bump into Dirk or anything like that? Everyone. Yeah. I'm, I'm telling you, like, whenever you're a part of something bigger than yourself, you know, like, y- you're connected forever. Like, even. Uh- Ryan Reynolds here from Mint Mobile. With the price of just about everything going up during inflation, we thought we'd bring our prices down. So to help us, we brought in a reverse auctioneer, which is apparently a thing. Mint Mobile Unlimited Premium Wireless. How to get 30, 30, how get 30, how get 20, 20, 20, get 20, 20, get 15, 15, 15, 15, just 15 bucks a month? So, Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month. Slows full terms at mintmobile.com. Some good teams that I was a part of, you know, you're con- connected forever. And some really bad teams I played on, like you're connected forever because people see you in layers. You know what I mean? Like they yeah. see you besides just the surface value shit. Um, is it, 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 it goes uh, above and beyond. So I got great relationships in the association with players that I played with. And now, you know, the future prospects and future stars is because – I always stay true to myself, man. I've always been honest, and, you know, um, it's a lot of love out there. You ever, like, troll LeBron that you guys beat him into calling everybody poor during a press conference? <laughs> <laughs> like, you guys. You, I remember that. <laughs> you guys, that was all you guys. That was funny as that, shit. That was, that, that was, like, the one LeBron moment. Everybody was like, damn, he really, like, y- y'all broke him. No, you know what? He just said, look, everybody got to go back and do what they got to do. And <laughs> back shit, he's dog. still going to be all right. That's basically, it, it was the truth at the time. You know, it was just like, look, shit, you can continue to talk about me, but I'm a, I'm going to be all right going yeah. forward. That that 11 team had J-Kid on it. Who, who yeah. You said LeBron, amazing passer. Who's a better passer, LeBron or J-Kid? Uh, at the time, Jason Kidd. Uh, now, uh, I think LeBron is probably one of the best – facilitators in NBA history. He pa- did, So you think he passed Kidd? Uh, I mean, at some point he's going to. Like, I, I look okay. at the assist ladder and, and, and just his longevity in the space. Like, he's just 
he's going to pretty much pass everyone, you know, in every uh, statistical category. So it's just like he may not catch John Stockton, but he's no, he's, he's not gonna, passing yeah, John. Yeah, he's like not, not going to get to that level. But like it's getting like the creativity he's gonna be and the way two. he sees it, it's like absurd. He's, he's gonna be it's getting two. better and better and better. He's about yeah, to like, pass Kobe in points. He's going to pass Kobe in points. He's going to pass pretty much everybody in assist letter at some point. He might even catch Kareem, you know, if he continues to average what he's averaging over the next three years. Like, he, he's trending in the right direction. Yeah, yeah. You have him as number four. Number Sheesh. four all time. Sheesh. Man, I don't, I don't know what the hell y'all be watching. I, <laughs> I just, I'm just being honest, man. I, this is not stepped on. It's a hundred well, proof. Here, right? Here's the thing. I don't know how much you you get into like the NBA Twitter and the analytics type stuff, but never, never. So, well, here's the thing. NBA Twitter has devalued Kobe more than I think any. Kobe and AI are the two players that NBA Twitter. I'm not saying I agree with it, but they've devalued. I, yeah, and I don't. But they've devalued those two players because of so-called efficiency or whatever you want to say. And I think that it started a narrative that they weren't as great as they were Look, when they played. And a lot of people get elevated because of you know these narratives that's pushed on you. Yeah. This 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 one guy scored uh, 25 points. On a Thursday, why it was raining? He's the first player in <laughs> NBA history to score 32 points. Why it was raining on a Thursday at the eight o'clock? And then people be like, "Oh shit, he one out of five players in NBA history." Like it's the shit that you look. I'm telling you some shit that I've done for a living. I've played basketball since I was six years old. I study this game. I know sets. I know things that people do. I I knew tendencies. I could break down players inside out. And I do this shit in my sleep now. You know what I mean? So when I when I tell you that some all-time greats, some goats, and people that brought it like no one else brought it, like, like I've never seen before, when you talk about Kareem, he's, he's developed a shot that was unstoppable. He dominated high school. He dominated college. And then he came to the NBA and dominated. He won a championship in, uh, in, uh, in two coasts, but the Milwaukee Bucks was still Western Conference then. But he dominated in that space. When you talk about uh, Michael Jordan and what he did, you know what I mean? Like he got yeah. six championships, six MVPs. You know what I mean? Took two years off in the height of his, in the prime of his career. Uh, and his documentary going to uh, tell you some layers about why he took that time off. So, oh. like, we in the basketball space understand that, and it's not what you think. So, like, everybody's going to get educated. And then next is Kobe. Like for like, look what Kobe did. He did not relocate. He didn't go nowhere. Kobe stayed right here and took on all comers and put on a demonstration. He elevated guys that people didn't even think that was going to be, you know, future Hall of Famers. Look at Paul Gasol and what he was able to accomplish here with the Lakers. Look at Lamar Odom, what he was able to accomplish here with the Lakers. Ron Artest came and assisted and helped, you know, get a championship. Derek Fisher and all the things that he brought to the table. Uh He's the closest player, Kobe Bryant is the closest player, the closest thing I've seen to Michael Jordan. And then when you look at LeBron James, his longevity in this space, best all-around basketball player I've possibly ever seen. And then he came at the right time because he came at the height of social media, and he's just dominated, and rightfully so, and he's well-deserving. Like, he's exceeded all expectations on him, and that's why I'm, like, the hugest fan of his. But outside of that, that's how I got it. When did you – did it take any time to get, like, not mad at LeBron for the mid-2000 Wizards-Cavs rivalry? Like, Hell no. He did what he was supposed to do. <laughs> shit. I, it, if I would have bust his ass and, and got three in a row on him, but shit, I, that's, I did what I had to do. 
The, look, look, LeBron, his dominance was just amazing. And you don't you don't hate, you respect. Like, yeah. he forced me to go back to the lab like, damn, we have to be better. Yeah. But we never made adjustments. You know, like, with our Wizards team, we was like one of the most dynamic duos ever to play the game of basketball from a scoring standpoint. Me, Gilbert, and Antoine was averaging 70-plus points per game. Every night, you could put that shit in the books. Factual. Yeah, so, but what we didn't do was we didn't make adjustments on the defensive end of the floor. We always try to outscore people. We was trying to, like, uh, patent ourselves like the, the 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 Phoenix Suns of the Eastern Conference. Yeah. That's what we was trying to do. We was trying to just outscore people, but when it came to defense, we never addressed those things. Yeah. You know what I mean? Like, we never hold each other uh, accountable, and that's what happened. LeBron James, one of the best facilitators in sports history and basketball history, he came in and dissected us night in and night out. And when we dared him to make the right decision, he dared us that he would. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? Like he yeah. just kept doing the shit. Like and they, that's why they was able to beat us. Was that the fiercest rivalry that you experienced uh, during your career? Yeah, because we we it, it, it we was seen him every year. You know what I mean? Like I think that every time we seen him, the only thing was we was never whole. That's why it was like unfortunate because like Gilbert was out with a knee injury. Like he was able to play in two games and he'd go out, whatever the case. Yeah. And then you, uh, we'll go to battle or I'll lose Antoine and then, you know, we'll push it to six or something. Like it was just one of those things. So I felt like we was never whole and healthy during that battle, but the better team did win. And the, the, the best player got their team, you know, further. It definitely shaped, I think, LeBron – going forward that was his real first battle in the nba that he went through was you guys and then it kind of developed from there he went on you know obviously you know his battle with the celtics and everything but i think you mm-hmm. guys were the first ones to really iron test iron type thing in the nba for him yeah man we was shit we was throwing everything at him man that, that, jay-z was involved was real, there was diss songs man, like shout out to Sean yeah Stevenson, we might man. need a 30 yeah, for 30 on that rivalry actually yeah, it was crazy, man. We had Jay Z, we had uh, uh, <laughs> what, what else? Uh, Jim Jones. We had yeah. Soldier Boy. We had all <laughs> types of shit going on. <laughs> it was nuts at the time. Yeah, it was a circus. One transition now. Talk about, um, I guess, the biggest superstar or potential superstar not playing right now, and that's Zion Williamson. And I bring him up because you alluded to earlier when you arrived in Miami. You learned from the godfather, Pat Riley. And I remember one of the big stories you've told over the years is that, you know, Riley and the Heat organization kind of revamped you as a player, mm-hmm. including teaching you how to run. Yeah. So you can talk about the experience of what Zion's going to potentially be going through and how they're kind of, you know, molding him as an athlete and changing him up fundamentally. And talk about the process of, you know, you think you know how to run, and then you get to the NBA and they tell you, like, no, you've been doing this wrong your entire life, and here's how you really do it. So what, what does that entail? Uh, look, I think that, First, you, you got to look at your body comp. Your body composition is extremely important if you want to have longevity in this game. And, you know, they, they run tests on you. They do all type of stuff on the way that you slide, the way that you, you know, come down on explosion and all that stuff with impact. And they they, they teach you certain things in certain areas where they want to strength, strengthen. So whether it's your glutes, you know, you start doing band work to, you know, strengthen your glutes, whether it's your, uh, your, your core, you start doing core exercises to tighten up. But ultimately, and Pat Riley was always uh, a genius at this, it comes about being in the best condition possible. And, you know, body fat, weight percentage, all those things was paramount to the success of an athlete having longevity in this space. And 
you cannot perform at a high rate at a high level um, playing at your you know a, probably a weight or a physique that you had in high school. Some of the tendencies that you had in high school and some of the things that got you by, you cannot no longer put in your temple at a professional level. And I learned that the hard way. You know what I mean? Um, my After my first year, I had like a blast rookie year, finished top three in, in that, uh, the rookie uh, of the year push. I had a knee injury. And I had the knee injury because – I was in the best shape of my life, and then I go back and I'm competing and working out my way, and I put on weight, but I still was pounding and doing all the strenuous workouts. And then when I came back in summer league, I had a tweak where I had a meniscus tear. You came back and played summer league? Yeah, I played. After I, top three finish in the – Yeah, I played. I still play because two the reasons. Grind. I, I love basketball. That's unheard of now, though. Yeah, yeah, it's unheard Never of. Never would do I, it I love, now. Yeah, I average, I average like – what, 15 a, a, a game? It's a very good yeah, rookie season. Yeah, I, I was right there. Me, Amari, y'all, me. Uh, but I I loved the game of basketball. I wanted to play, and then also, like, D-Wade was my homie. Like, I wanted to play with him. I wanted to, like, all right, shit, I'm going to help you get on. Like, you know what I mean? Like, I take some attention. You just ball out. And I tweaked my knee a little bit, you know what I mean? And I had a meniscus tear. But it was because, like, I had the extra weight on me. And that was – like a lesson in his own right, you know. Um, and I was just like, damn, I can't move like I want to with an extra 15, 20 on, and I can't do it my way no longer. So let me listen to this information and let me get informed on how to have longevity. So now that I'm looking, and this is just me from my perspective, and I don't want to be too hard because I'm a father, I got a 19-year-old son of my own, but as I'm watching from afar and, and you see Zion being put back in the public light from the press conference and all the stuff, he looks he looks from a physical standpoint, visually he looks bigger. Right. Much bigger. Yeah, he does. Like, he, like right now. He looks stronger too though. Like yeah. he looks is he looking top heavy though? Yeah, very top I heavy. I thought so. All right, so I'm not wrong. I thought he looked a little yeah, top yeah, heavy. Yeah, yeah. And I and I, and I watch I watch film. Like I watch a lot of film and I just, you know, I, I watch clips and all these things from different various social sites. And um he he looks bigger, and for me, I I hope it's not a red shirt year for him. But if I'm at the helm, if I'm David Griffin, I'm not putting him out there if he's not in the best shape possible. It sounds like he's coming back. It sounds like they want to roll him out. So it's going to be interesting, you know. Yeah, he's he's going to play. It looks like he's going to play because you wouldn't put him so, back in the media spotlight and have him answering questions if it wasn't yeah. going to happen in the foreseeable future. However. It seems risky. Just, it seems risky. I would I would protect him from himself and also I'll think big picture. Like if if Zion went down at Boban is the, the heaviest individual in the association, I think. Yeah. Anyway, he's, he's over three hundred. He's, he's over three hundred. Yeah, he's, well, he's, he's a giant, so yeah, he's yeah. a giant. He's yeah. seven, whatever. And and Zion is probably six seven realistically. And he's probably what two eighty five? Probably yeah, probably two ninety. Probably pushing close to three bills. Yeah, he probably pushing close to three hundred. So that that is a problem for me. And if I'm looking at putting him back on the on the court, I would just make sure that he's fifteen to twenty pounds lighter than the weight he was before he had to proceed. He doesn't look of, it. A lot he, of muscle is shed though. I mean, he's he's built. That's a lot of really strong and he's he's different. Yeah. And then he he might be playing the five position because when I see the progression of Brandon Ingram and I know it's all about Zion going Duke, forward. He is the Duke. face and one of the faces. Did Duke, Duke Duke front court. 
Brandon is balling. No, Quiet quite down, Young Zion. He's, he's at a mismatch because he's playing at the four position. So he's versatile enough to play at that four position. But at the same time, I think that that would traditionally be Zion's position. I mean, shit, Montrez Harrell is the, is the, is the closing center for the Clippers. Yeah. He's 6'7". Mm-hmm. So, I mean, different, you can different see guys game that league. aren't, you know, 6'9", 6'10", certainly 7-footers be playing the five position, especially in today's NBA. But look at the activity of Montrezl Harrell, and then you see that, like... The, Zion the can't move like that. Zion can't he move can't, like that. No, he definitely can't. He's not he, rough and rugged like Montrezl like Harrell. He, he, he could move, move like that, that but, like, he think about like what his body would be like. I... Yeah, I mean more worn down or yeah, like just all that pounding and bouncing. Like we're seeing it in real time right now. Remember Blake Griffin when he was jumping, he was leaving Earth. Yeah, he had to get clearance from NASA to leave this motherfucker. Like he, <laughs> you know what I'm saying? Like he, like yo, I'm about to dunk. But now call look, NASA, call yeah, NASA, I'm leaving Earth. And yeah, now, every time. And now you look at it. Yeah, now now it's like shit. Like you don't want Zion banging. You want him free. You want him to be able to move because yes. if he, he can't take on a Montrezl Harrell role because then you're negating what makes him amazing. Yep. I hope he comes back and that jumper is looking all right. I, I hope that he's Hayden. got Hayden. It's not Hayden. I just Hayden. want him to be successful, but he's going to be successful. If you yeah, saw, he's going to he's going to be fine no matter what. But I just I just don't want him successful. to be. He got hurt to be injured. I don't. I yeah, don't, that's I, what I don't I'm don't saying. You'll be fine. All right. Before we get out of here, uh, Karan, uh, Adam told me you're a big movie movie guy. Is this true? Yeah, absolutely. Oh, he's at all the screenings. He's Have you? Did Mark you? Wahlberg. See, he's Karan is very, yeah, very into the Hollywood scene. Yes. Did you see Uncut Gems? Not yet. I, I'm uh, actually going to see that today. Okay. So it's crazy. We're, we yeah. were going to bring up Uncut because it's it's the biggest movie in NBA Twitter right now because NBA it, Twitter. It, it, well, just the NBA the NBA stratosphere because it not only has to do with KG is a star in it. I heard he did great. He did great. It, yeah. it it literally is like revolves around a Celtics Sixer series from 2012, and it's about sports gambling. So yeah, no, I hope uh, we're gonna have to get your review. You're gonna have to tweet us your review. Yeah, man, I'm definitely gonna do that. I I would have seen it last night. My daughter took me off the uh, she took me off the grid though, man. She okay. uh, had me doing some other stuff. Did you see Star Wars? I haven't seen I haven't seen anything in the last two weeks. Okay. I've been, I care about yeah, Star head Wars, down bro. grinding. Yeah, Star Wars sucks, so you don't even need to. Oh damn, it, it's doing numbers. <laughs> well, I saw yeah. Frozen too. They, oh, you saw Frozen too. Anybody care about that? <laughs> different demographic. Yeah, right, that's though. a different demographic. Uh, yeah, man. No, we appreciate you coming through. Obviously, you oh get... no, we're not. No, no, we're not done yet. <laughs> what are, not done oh, the you, if you want to leave the room right now, you can. But uh, all my family and friends would would roast me if we didn't talk some quick UConn. Let's talk about here. it. Oh, so, UConn Karan, sucks. No, Young Zion, you can fall oh back. You can go back. Yes. You can back. Are they having a good season? No, trash. not right now. They're so, <laughs> so they're solid. They're better. But right now, who's the head coach of UConn? Is it is it Danny Hurley? So let's talk about Danny Hurley real quick. Okay. UConn Twitter, you talk about NBA Twitter. UConn Twitter this weekend was up in arms because UConn lost its first two road conference games in the AAC, the decrepit, disgusting, awful, terrible AAC where UConn will thankfully no longer be a part of next year. But some UConn Twitter is popping off saying Danley Hurley is not the right coach for UConn. Tell tell the audience why that, the UConn Twitter audience, why that's preposterous. Listen, I, look, it's, I've, I've stayed away from this the coach conversation for a while. Uh, I've, I've gave we me and my family gave endowments and continue to support UConn uh, because it's dear to our heart. But the and, and this is this first time I talked about this uh, publicly. The the way that Kevin Ollie was uh, treated, you know, and and the way that he was handled, I I've stayed like an arm length from the or, the organization and the university for some time. 
you know, um, hopefully that that changes. You know, I think that it, all of us, you know, from Ray Allen to, you know, Talik, who's on the bench right now, like we're trying to collectively come back together and, uh, you know, heal those wounds. But I think that Kevin Ollie has to be, you know, done and, 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 and taken care of uh, accordingly before we can move forward. So just to quickly let everyone know, Ali was obviously the UConn coach for roughly four seasons. He won a national title for them back in 2004 with Shabazz Napier and Ryan Boatwright and that team. Did it with mostly Jim Calhoun's players. Um, and obviously was a guy that was talked about as a potential NBA coach. He had, you know, co-signs from Kevin Durant, everyone. Um, and then when kind of push came to shove, didn't really give the results that everyone expected and kind of what he, you know, as a rah-rah guy came in and what they thought were they going to get out of him. So he got fired two seasons ago, and he sued the university for $10 million. University said that you were fired for just cause. Wow. Ali said that he wasn't fired for just cause and that he said that and accused in suing the university for the money of racial undertones of one of the reasons why he mm-hmm. is, was fired. So there's a lot to be worked out, and a lot of controversy, and there are obviously fans fall on both sides of it. And you guys obviously know Ali. Ali was a well-respected player under Calhoun before you came, Brother. before I was there, yeah, and, and a guy who carved out an NBA career that no one expected for a lot of years. And I get that there'd be a lot of player support for him past and current and that leaves kind of a weird taste as the university now in the program heading back to the Big East come summertime and with Danny Hurley a big name coach coming in and rejuvenating the program it's kind of a weird dynamic for like you for Ray for other guys who came guys you play with Ben probably Mecca like those guys throughout you talk about Talik who's an assistant coach like yeah. it's it's got to be a very weird dynamic right now yeah it's it's just it's it's complicated it really is because you want to give look like you can't tell the story of UConn basketball without talking about Kevin Ollie and the championship that he brought and you can't tell the story without uh, of UConn basketball without talking about all of us, like we're we're up in the rafters, so like we want to be there, and we all want to be committed, but we also we have to stand for something, you know what I mean? And our brother was not treated fairly. So, how much pullback has there been from the players? Like, are you guys, you literally keeping your distance right now and waiting to I, see what the next steps are? Yeah, like I mean, me personally, that's where I, you know, I drew the line in the sand, and that's where I'm at with it. Uh, I love my university. I bleed blue. I always give a shout out. I, you know, I, I rep it to the death of me because, you know, um, without UConn, I, I, I'm not here. They gave me a platform to be the best possible version of me. But at the same time, right is right and wrong is wrong. And the politics of it and everything, it disgusts me. You know, I would never put Kevin Ali in that situation knowing all the things you just touched on, Adam and what he sacrificed, the opportunities that he had to go abroad and, prof- and and coach professionally and make a whole shitload of money, he turned down to stay loyal to the university. And the second that the university had an opportunity to stand by him or stay loyal to him, uh, it pivoted away. Do you think it's a product of, though, of new, you know, essentially new sounds crazy and kind of a changeover, obviously, from, you know, who you played under Jim Calhoun, Hall of Fame coach, won three national titles. Ali played under Calhoun about a decade before you came to campus um, and, you know, stayed close to the university. The program was an assistant coach for a little bit and then took over. Um, is this just a product of, of – was it more, you think, losing the new management? What do you think Ali got, you know, in your opinion? You're saying Ali. Wrong. Kevin Ali, yes. Why do you think Kevin Ali got, you know, Sounds a raw like deal? Ali. Yeah, I, I really don't know why he got the raw deal. I just know that – more could have been done to support Kevin. Uh, and it it wasn't. And if you elected to let someone go, 
um, what they was entitled to from a financial standpoint, make sure that you stay true to that and don't try to uh, degrade them on the way out or the exit because you feel like you may have an upper hand or you may just, you know what, this is, it should be a hug or a handshake and say, you know what, family, this probably, we're not going in the same direction going forward. Here's your money. Uh, thank you. And not only that, like, your next opportunity, we're going to give you glaring reviews because you deserve it, because you sacrificed it. You sacrificed a lot for this organization, and 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 we're we're going to support you going forward. We're family. That's what we do. We don't, uh, you know, <laughs> blackball you or put you in a situation where we discredit everything you've done and how you led us and how and the principles that you stood by, and you know. It immediately elevates someone else. Now that's not by, uh, a Coach Hurley situation, Dan Hurley. But at the same time, it's like, come on, man! Like we still have an issue that we haven't addressed. You know what I mean? And it's leaving a bad taste in all of our mouths. Yeah. You know what I mean? So it's not fair. But the one positive is that UConn's headed back to the Big East. Hell when yeah. that news dropped, I texted you. Obviously, my other happy. friends too. Oh, it's, look at yeah, this! The glory, yeah, the glory days are coming back. So look it's at like, this! The, yeah, UConn <laughs> in the AAC where they never belonged. It's about to end, and it's like it's oh, so right. exciting now yeah. that UConn's going to be on an, on Fox playing all the time Nobody and back cares. playing natural rivals. <laughs> like the future is bright again, where it was dark and and just a black hole. It's bright again. We yeah, I'm, I'm excited about that. I, I'm going to tell you something. I, I was calling college basketball like two years ago. This is enough about this American Conference shit. Exactly. <laughs> I was calling basketball like two years ago. I'm doing games play by play, and I arrived to Loyola, and I had a game. Patriot League. Loyola Marymount versus uh, UConn. And I didn't even know UConn was the team that I was calling. <laughs> I arrived there, and uh, it was my school. So that's how bad it was for me, like, just being disconnected. Wow. And I was just like, you know what? This is crazy. But, like, it has to change, and I'm I'm looking forward to us returning back to the Big East. I'm looking forward to, you know, sitting down with the AD. I'm looking forward to going back and speaking with uh, the brothers, uh, the Talik and uh, Coach Hurley invited me numerous times to come out and speak and, you know, getting some closure with this uh, Kevin Ollie situation and moving forward because, man, like, Unity is everything, man. We got to be together. Back where we belong. Yeah. Yeah, for real. Yeah. For real. All the, right. They have the brotherhood at Duke. If you if you know, you got uh, You know what? Never. Fall back. Fall Y'all back. Y'all bleed a design. different blue. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. <laughs> Fugazi blue. blue. All right. Yeah. Blue. yeah, fake blue. I don't know. I don't have a. I went to Ohio University. It doesn't really matter to me. <laughs> on that note, Karan, thank you so much for joining us on the Load Management Podcast. Uh, anything else you need to plug before you get out of here? No, man, I appreciate y'all time, man. Thank you. He's got a million jobs. So you see yeah. him all over the place. Right, yeah. <laughs> you literally, busy. if you turn on the TV and watch basketball, you will see Karan Butler. So. Well, listen to a podcast. You're going you're gonna, you're gonna <laughs> to hear him or see him. For yes. Sure. Uh, thank you so much for yes, uh, you know uh, coming through. For me, Adam, everybody, we got some picks coming up, uh, our NFL picks. But, uh, yeah, until next time, we'll see you guys later. Respect, brother. Thank you, Karan. Yeah. We did the interview, but now we do want to get into our picks quickly because uh, it was an insane – insane wild card weekend in the NFL. When people tell me football's falling off, I will just point to that weekend of NFL action and like just say watch that because it's not falling, falling off, off, but there's of plenty of bullshit watching the NFL you're, and consuming it that leads you to get like tired of its nonsense. 
You're bullshit. No, that's a lie. Bro, that's that, not a lie. That's, that's true. Again, <laughs> we get you want to talk. All right, talk about the bullshit that 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 Vikings the Vikings win. Rudolph's catch in the end zone should have been a pass interference, and they don't review it. Oh, well, that, that fucking nonsense. Uh, that Pandora's box that the NFL about, opened cry up this year. About it. Cry about it. Cry about it. I'm not you, crying you had, about it. That's 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 real talk. It should have been had, reviewed. You had money on the on the Saints. No, I, you, I picked. You, I picked the. Not? I picked the Vikings plus eight. I did too. I had, I had Vikings. I mean, they were my Super Bowl pick to begin the season, but I don't really care about that. But I'm just saying, like, the hypocrisy well, of the NFL and like that—that that was a perfect example of something that sh- that because of this rule should have been reviewed, and they don't, and therefore you have a a win that's not as controversial as some other ones that we've seen in years past, but still, like, that's just the so- that's just the ridiculousness wish, of the, I, I of the wish, NFL. I wish we had a rewind feature because literally, I told you guys going into the playoffs. There's going to be a PI call that makes everybody mad or a non-PI call and I called well, it and it well. happened and it happened. Speaking speaking, speaking of hypocrisy and before we get into picks, let's know that we cannot change our picks after we make the picks. Mr. Oh, I thought the Bills were going to win. What's then, wrong with change my picks? Then 2 days later you're like you write on the site. That's that called being a fraud. Them. Those yeah. are two different mediums. Keep that same energy the whole exactly, week. Exactly. Yeah, picks stick to your picks, week. make stick one pick and pick. be a man about it. Don't be a fraud. I, things change over the week, okay? So I'm no, gonna no, make that's my not picks acceptable. Here. No, no, no. I'm gonna no, make my I'm gonna make my picks here, and they might change. Nah, I don't know. I keep that same energy the whole week. All right, well, let's get into it. I won't change it this week, okay? Mm, I won't change it. Right. First game, Vikings 49ers, six and a half point spread. Zion doesn't care about spreads. Let's do straight up first. Um, 49ers win. Uh, that's basically as simple as this. I think it's cool that the Vikings got one win. I think nobody saw that coming. I do not think they're good enough to go into San Francisco and win. I think you're discrediting what the Vikings can do because if they were that if they were that good at getting to the quarterback and they get, they made Drew Brees afternoon a living hell on Sunday. If they can do that and kind of just pressure Jimmy in what will be his first playoff start, why can't I know it's at home and everything like that and the, and the 49ers have obviously been a better team record wise than the Vikings, but like I don't see why the Vikings can't do what they did last week. If Kirk Cousins may have, Kirk Cousins may play the game of his life. So exactly. I guess I guess so that's the one caveat right there. It's but if a he's big not, caveat, it's a big caveat. I'm uh, agreed 100. percent But if he's not sloppy with the ball and he makes a few passes here and there, and that defense can get in the backfield and get in the pocket and just disrupt Jimmy, like uh, take the seven points a million percent number one. But like For I wouldn't sure. be shocked at all if the Vikings pull off another upset. Uh, well, wouldn't be shocked isn't an actual pick. So how about you stop? Uh, All right, but I'm going to take the Vikings plus seven. You going to make me pick a straight up winner? Yes, it's straight up. This is what we do: pick a straight I, up. I pick against the spread, pal. Okay, and okay, and do, I win pick. and a mark that leaves you in the black and not the red. Uh, pick pick a team. I will take the 49ers. Yeah, after all that, Zion. I said I wouldn't be surprised if there. I didn't say all there right. would be. I said I wouldn't Glad be surprised. Your to talk. <laughs> I'm picking the Niners. Okay, Next. so that's three straight up picks for the 49ers. Me and Adam both like the Vikings on the points, though, because I do think that's a It's too much. Seven points is too much right now. Too much of a line. Saturday night game, Tennessee, another surprise team. Mm. Another surprise team unless Adam – I mean, okay, I'm sure Adam's going to gloat here because I was on him on Twitter about his pick. But oh, someone going- picked the Titans straight up and against the points last week? Ooh, uh, wonder who yeah. that was. What's the saying? I wonder who had yeah. the inside the fortitude. Yeah, Lions <laughs> Grow finds a nut once. Yeah, no, no, uh, no, not at all, pal. It's called the, the Patriots Is were that, so vulnerable, and you guys right. drinking the juice that the Patriots are going to flip the switch the way you said last week. You guys got clowned on big time. L- so. Listen, pal, I haven't drank any juice in like a week. Uh, so the Ravens, they're I, playing the Ravens uh, now. Okay, I, <laughs> okay, whatever. 
Pick them. Pick the Titans. I'm picking it. Go ahead, I'm, I'm going to take the 10 points. The line it's open eight, at, it, as a 10-point spread. Down, well, it's down to 8, so you don't get to pick 10. It's dropped to 8? It says yes. 9. It's, it opened at 10. It says 9 in, in what I have open right now. So I'm going to take points no matter what because it's just too many in a playoff game. But, yes, we're going to pick straight up here. I can't go against the Ravens. Same. Straight up Ravens. I like the points for Tennessee. Though. Lamar to the Super Bowl. Well, that would be one more game after this, but yes. Lamar to the Super Bowl. I all said what I said. All right, okay. Like Zion's out right there. You were the right. number one Lamar stand, but it's it's warranted. He, He's he been does incredible. love Lamar. Yes. That's you don't. You love. You I love Lamar. I was in the Lamar. trenches last year. I was in the trenches last year when people were like, "He's not that good." Oh, he's a running back. They can't why flourish you, like this. Why do you this. like Lamar? Huh? What? I love all my black quarterbacks. <laughs> there we go. Talk I about it, buddy. Why are you playing the race car chops? What did oh, I do? Oh. <laughs> I just want him to say it. I'm not playing anything. You're playing the race I, card there, pal. Yeah. I just want him to say it. Y'all I see will. the success. Deshaun, Pat, Mahomes. Let's talk about it. Next game, Sunday early game. Russell Wilson, Lamar. That's four. Sunday early game, Houston going to Kansas City. Another crazy spread, nine and a half. Uh, I'm going to go Texans listen, in the points, but I'm going to take Casey to win. Listen, the Chiefs are going to blow them out. Really? The Chiefs are going to blow them out the world. What do you think, Adam? You, t- you go on points? You think I'm it's a, a million percent taking the points right now. This game opened at the, with an eight-point spread. It's been bumped up to nine and a half, so that means the money obviously came flooding in on Kansas City. But yeah. what if I had the fortitude again to take a massive unexpected upset here? Wow. Go ahead. This one Do you, it. Yeah. This, this one you will not win. You I, will not. I, I, well, again, I'm going to take I, again. Against the spread, I'm going to take the nine and a half points because you'd be a fucking idiot not to take the nine and a half points. That's but I'm going to go out on a limb here. I'm going to go out on a limb here, and I'm going to take the Texans. Why not? Wow. Deshaun Watson yeah. has been very good on the road, and as, especially as an underdog against you the really spread love number one. JJ Watt, but huh? the, the, I mean, are you really that wowed by the Kansas City Chiefs? I mean, I get that teams coming off the bye have a massive advantage oh, compared massive. to teams. Are you wowed by the Texans? They they really should Adam have won that really, game. Adam really likes JJ Watt, and is you know I love the troops. <laughs> I actually thing. don't really like JJ Watt. I'm not a big JJ Watt fan, but I love Deshaun Watson. <laughs> Adam and JJ love the troops. And also, oh, do you really have that much confidence lines, in Andy Reid in the playoffs? Yeah, like his Andy Reid's track record in the playoffs is pretty abysmal. Let's I mean, not forget last that. year they should have been the Super Bowl though for being real. Yeah. If it wasn't for D Ford, like no, well, you know, uh, yeah, but circumstances. But in general, Andy Reid's track record in the playoffs has not exactly been sterling. So keep that in mind. And and yes, Pat Mahomes is a better quarterback than Deshaun Watson, but he's not like insanely, insanely better than Deshaun Watson. I mean, he is no, a he's what? a notch above, but he's not like you know, it's not like this is Deshaun Watson versus like you know some backup quarterback here. I think the Texans have an ability to keep it close, and if things break right and stupid shit happens which always does in the playoffs i wouldn't be that surprised with an with an upset so i would pick you, the texans there's a pretty big gap between i love Pat i love how you brought it up, ain't that big of a gap i love how you brought up andy reed but the houston texans are coached by bill o'brien <laughs> so, like it's not like Vince right, so, Lombardi's so, on the other side. so the coaches cancel each other out and then you have a you know the quarterback yes pat mahomes is one of the top three quarterbacks in the game but would you would you consider deshaun watson a top 10 quarterback well listen to this uh, di- divi- division year. quarterback ranking coming on complexsports.com this later guy. this week. Uh, so stay tuned for that. A little shameless plug. So Adam is going with the Texans straight up. God bless you on that. I- I'll gladly bet with you on that if you want to bet. Like we can bet something. I'm not no. Please. I'm not that's doing a straight up side bet. I, I'm taking the points here, pal. But I, again, uh-huh. because you're making me take one, yeah, I'll take. I will take the Texans straight up, but most especially getting nine and a half points. For some right. context uh, to the listeners, Adam was had the worst record 
in terms of picking and straight up picks yeah. and straight up picks out of all of us. I know because yeah. I didn't care because I'm more concerned about oh, my you ATS didn't, you record. Didn't care. You didn't care now. <laughs> who had who had a really good ATS record this year? You you did, but we, I yeah, was I right did. There yeah. with you, I no, was, right I was much better you. than you actually. No, it was like a game. No, it like, wasn't. The, no, not even close. You're lying again. You're being a and fraud. And you like you're not, sabotaged me. The C manager link didn't like work the last two weeks. I think Adam changed my. Picks. That is that is. I'm just putting that out there. That Adam news. sabotaged my picks. Sake fake news. Sad. Uh, we have one more game. Uh, probably the most boring. I don't know. See, Seattle at Green Bay. Green Bay favored by four. Is this a boring? I don't know. Why would you Russell, consider this a boring game? I don't know. There. I don't know. There's just some. Yeah, style-wise. I, I don't know. I guess you get Aaron Rodgers versus Russell Wilson. That's not boring in any way. Uh, Green Bay is a little fugazi. I'm taking Seattle straight up and the points. I might be taking Seattle. I don't, I don't trust Green Bay at all. They they, oh. did, they didn't look great down the stretch. Aaron Rodgers looks a little shaky at some points. He rookie, hasn't been great. Rookie head coach against Pete Carroll. I'm rolling with beast mode, Seattle, straight up and the points, obviously. I would say this. I think you're, I think you're accurate here that the most vulnerable home team this weekend – is definitely the Packers. For you sure. Know, Seattle has, you know, whatever. Seattle can cook up some magic. We know Russell Wilson's a magician in the pocket. Um, you know, he's maybe a slight, slight tick below Aaron Rodgers, but it ain't it's it's pretty damn close. So the quarterback battle is basically a wash. And um yeah, I think Seattle overall their body of work is a little bit more impressive than what the Packers have have put together. So you'd be an idiot not to take four points right now, which is what the spread is at. And I would agree with you that I'd probably would lean towards taking the Seahawks here straight up to pull off the upset. So are we all taking Seattle? Are we all in? I mean, it's it's tough because like it's still Aaron Rodgers, Aaron Rodgers. But at it's home. still Russell Wilson. It's still Russell Wilson. I mean, DK yeah. Metcalf coming on too. I like DK Metcalf. Uh, and those, the Seahawks weren't like convincing against the Eagles. Like, well, make a pick, buddy. Oh. Yeah, but the Seahawks play close games. That's all they do is play close. Yeah, games. they play close games. But that could come to backfire at some point. Eventually, you're not going to pull out every close game. It's going to be freezing cold. Is it? Yeah, the weather's supposed to be bad. Beast mode in the weather, though? Whatever. Three touchdowns. All right, I'll, I'll go with Seattle. Se- right. Just so we can have the black quarterback Super Bowl set up very soon. It, it Russell be, versus you're getting the, close. Russell versus Lamar. Yeah, you're getting close in that situation, yeah. All right, so we're all in unison on Seattle. Uh, I am not. I don't know if the division games are going to be as good as the wild card games, but, I mean, on paper, these are all these are four really good games. Uh, so you know, I mean, excited. you usually yes, the wild card weekend usually gives you some crazy, ridiculous results here and there. But generally, division weekend tends to be the best quality football that you see all season long because these teams are supposed to be relatively even matched, and this should be the premier weekend for action. So Thank uh, you, the spreads Adam are, yeah, Thank you're welcome, you, Adam you're welcome Schefter. for that analysis. But the spreads are the spreads are a little wacky. I think like they're really high for what you normally see for division weekend. But I still think we should get some really good games, and like I'm way more hyped for these matchups than I was for this past weekend. And you're yeah for whatever reason because this past weekend was awesome but yeah. it was good it was it turned out to be a lot better than it's, I thought and I went three and one against the spread pal so up. let that let the record show that Zion saying it was yeah, overrated that, what that, about that Texans Bills game wasn't really good until like was it dramatic that, though it was dramatic yes, it was yeah dramatic. so I mean if you it want entertainment quality, don't you want drama everything about that game from Booger like acting like Josh Allen was Steve Booger Young is the worst he was acting like Josh, or like Josh Allen was Steve Young for two quarters. And then yeah. it got really weird. Well, I mean, if you want to have a discussion on, on Booger being, you know, the the master or, or Captain Obvious and um, not exactly <laughs> having a lot to offer up on these telecasts, we can talk about that. But, yeah, I'm, uh, I'm glad that ESPN is done for the season broadcasting NFL games. They're not. They have a game. No, it's NBC, CBS, and Fox this weekend. Oh, okay. Well, yeah. see you, Booger. Probably forever. 
No, nah, he'll probably be back. <laughs> Sheesh. Uh, what are the what odds can I get on him not being back? Because I would. L- I don't know the contract situation, but I I, I probably, I don't know. I mean, is ESPN going to shake up the Monday night booth again for like the 9 millionth year in a row? Uh, ESPN, I'm available. Let me know. Bring back John Madden. Uh, Keep dreaming, pal. Yeah. All right. So those are our picks. We're really excited about division weekend. Uh, Zion acts like he doesn't care about NFL football, but he actually loves it. What are you talking about? You're like, oh, it's overrated, all this. Hey, I need need a a one plug real quick. Hey, y'all, follow me on Twitter, you know. Z I O N. Jesus O-L-O-D-E. Christ, pal! Come on, how shameless can you be? Nah, bro. It, it's been too many episodes that I haven't plugged myself on, you know, Twitter. So I'm gonna do that real All quick. All right, nobody do it. <laughs> nobody. Wow, do you are you, you are Jasmine shameless. Yeah, you are shameless. Jesus. All right, it, I guess if you want to go do that, I wouldn't personally, but you know, uh, have, have fun. Fire content. So yeah, uh, another episode of load management in the books. You know, we appreciate you guys rocking with us. Jasmine, our producer, with us. Craig on the board, listen to me yell all the time and just say fucking crazy shit because that's what I love to do. Adam out in Los Angeles, uh, it's your boy Chops in New York, you know, Zion with me. Until next time, we'll see you guys later. When you drive a vehicle so reliable it's backed by a 10 year, 100,000 mile limited warranty, you stop thinking about what you can't do start doing what you never thought possible. Visit your local Kia dealer today to see what you're capable of in a vehicle that inspires confidence around every corner. Kia, movement that inspires. Call 800-333-4KIA for details. Always drive safely. Limited inventory available. Warranties include 10-year, 100,000-mile powertrain and 5-year, 60,000-mile basic. Warranties are limited. See retailer for details.